Matt LaFleur says Aaron Rodgers will play this week if he's healthy. That if still in question, at least at the time of this recording, is that the right call? Plus, Matt LaFleur also says scheme is not the problem with the defense. Certainly not the only problem. We dig into both of those questions on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the lead. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Matt LaFleur said on Monday that if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, he's going to play. And this is something we touched on on our post-game show, but we, when we're recording that right after the game, we're not getting the live comments. And so we missed what was said after the game. Aaron Rodgers said, if the Packers are mathematically eliminated, then it's a different conversation. But so long as they have a chance to make the playoffs, he wants to keep playing. Depending on the models, you look at a less than 3% chance of getting into the postseason for the Packers. But three is not the same as zero, I guess. When you look at the teams ahead of them, teams like Washington and New York, who already have the tiebreakers with them, or Seattle, who is three games ahead of them, it it really starts to get tough, especially given the, the times that these teams have to play each other. It gets tough to find a path for Green Bay. That's not really the point here. I made the case in the post-game show that this should be the Jordan Love show. I think it is a reasonable compromise for the Packers to say to Aaron Rodgers, if you want to play against the Bears, if you are healthy enough, if the doctors clear you to play against the Bears and you want to play, fine. But after the bye week, this is Jordan Love's show because the bye week presents a perfect opportunity for the Packers, the extra week to prepare, to game plan, to get Jordan Love ready to play the last four games of the schedule. That is a reasonable compromise. If you wait until after the bye, you might still be mathematically in the mix. And then you miss your best chance. The worst case scenario for the Packers is that Aaron Rodgers continues to play because they are mathematically alive until the very last week. Even if it's a long shot. And then they don't make it because of a tiebreaker or whatever. Now, it would certainly be good for them to win a bunch of games, to beat the Rams, to beat the Dolphins, to beat the Vikings, if the Vikings have something to play for, to beat the Lions. It would be good for that to happen. 
But then you've missed the chance to see what Jordan Love is. You've missed the opportunity for him to either have trade value or to prove that he can be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And now Aaron Rodgers holds every card because in the offseason, he can he has the Packers over a barrel because they don't have a big enough sample size really to even entertain moving on from Aaron Rodgers, even if they may have wanted to if Jordan Love had played well enough. And, and let's just let's just assume for a second that he would have. Then you miss an opportunity to potentially trade Aaron Rodgers or for Rodgers to retire or whatever it is. You miss any flexibility that you were going to have because you were chasing one, two, three percent chance. What has to happen is this team has to take an honest look in the mirror and say, regardless, this team is not championship quality. Even if they get into the playoffs, they are not good enough to beat these really good teams. And certainly not win three on the road. And so chasing that proverbial dragon is just not in the best interest of the team. I've run all the, the, the New York Times, ESPN, all the little like you can playoff matchup calculator. If the Packers win out, they still need like 14 different things to happen to get in. Would it be great to, to have a, another playoff run? Sure. But this season, this Packers team does not look playoff quality, even in a wide open playoff race. And I thought Ryan Wood said something really interesting on Twitter the other day. He said that he thought the 2020 Packers and the 2021 Packers would have absolutely danced through this version of the NFC. That said, we thought the 2020 and the 2021 Packers would dance through those versions of the NFC, and they didn't. This team is not nearly as good as those teams, and you can't give a, up a metric ton of rushing yards and still feel like you have any chance to beat a 49ers team in the postseason or the Eagles in the playoffs or Dallas in a rematch or the Vikings even. I don't know how you can have faith that you could beat those teams. I mean, okay. Let me rephrase. I understand why the Packers would have faith that they can beat those teams. But from an objective outsider perspective, I don't understand why you would have a ton, you could have some, a ton of faith that not only could you beat one of those teams, you could beat three of those teams. So the Packers find themselves in a position where they have to decide what is in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers. And I thought it was really interesting that Robert Griffin III went on ESPN in the Monday night pregame show and said he didn't think anyone in the Packers organization, including Matt LaFleur, who was on the coaching staff in Washington when Robert Griffin was a, an, a, an absolutely electric talent. He said he didn't think anyone in the Packers building would have the gonads to tell Rodgers, take a seat. 
It's in the best interest of the team. And based on the comments this week, it seems like he's right. That Matt LaFleur has said, I'm going to go down with this ship and let Rodgers play because I think that that's the best thing. And if Matt LaFleur thinks that's the best thing, I get it. That's a coach's prerogative. But then you need the GM to step in. And if necessary, you need the president to step in. And this is, this is the one time, and I have always been the guy that has said, the Packers do not need an owner. In fact, owners are a, a hindrance way more often than they are a benefit. And you just have to look at, wow, pick a pro sports franchise. And you point to it and say, okay, look at that team. That team is run ghastly because the owner is so involved. The best owners are the ones who are not involved. Robert Kraft is not involved in the football operations. He trusts Bill Belichick to do that. He only steps in to play conciliator. Which he had to do, apparently, according to the reporting of Seth Wickersham and others, multiple times in the Tom Brady era. The Packers don't have that. And I think that's been pointed out. You listen to the guys that have been on this beat a long time, Tom Silverstein especially, basically said if if Bob Harlan weren't around or were around, this would never have happened. That's probably true. This would this relationship, Andrew Brand has said that. This relationship would never have gotten to this point. But you need someone who's going to take the best interests of the organization. And it may not be the head coach. And so I don't think it's fair to say Matt LaFleur doesn't have the courage or the intestinal or testicular fortitude to do what is necessary. (laughs) That may be true, but I don't think that's fair because it's the coach's job to try and win games. It is not the coach's job to look at the big picture of 23, 24, 25. You know whose job that is? Brian Gutekunst. And you know who else's job that is? Mark Murphy. And Mark Murphy specifically gave himself some power in all of this because he felt like someone needed to be steering the ship in the post-McCarthy world. When the Ted Thompson power vacuum was, was created, Murphy filled it. And in, in a lot of ways, he created it so he could fill it. Remember, he still has not re-empowered Brian Gutekunst that we know of, certainly not publicly, that Brian Gutekunst is in charge of the head coach in terms of hiring, firing, all that stuff. Right now, theoretically, that is a Mark Murphy job. So that means this also falls on Mark Murphy because the best thing for the Green Bay Packers long-term is to play Jordan Love. It is not to risk your four-time MVP quarterback, whether he's going to be the quarterback next year or not, the best thing for the team is for Jordan Love to play because either you trade him and you get stuff for him or you see that he stinks. I don't think so, but maybe that's what this this four-game sample size, five-game sample size says. At least four, you hope. But at least you know and then... If you lose a bunch of those games, you have a top 10 pick, you have the chance 
Maybe you can get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, one of these top quarterbacks, and then you can go from there. Or he looks like he did on Sunday night against the Eagles really good, and you go, okay, well, maybe the reality is he's the guy. But if he looks good, you have at least two options. It is keep Rodgers and trade love for picks because there are plenty of desperate teams that would like a young quarterback. Better to trade him this offseason. Or he looks good and you trade Rodgers. That's more complicated because of the money and all that. I get it. But if he doesn't play, your only option is whatever Rodgers wants. It's not even Rodgers plays. It's whatever Rodgers wants because he can walk away. Now, he's not going to walk away from $60 million in guaranteed money. But he could. And so now he's in control. And so in a lost season, chasing singular percentage points of getting into the playoffs is not the move. It is play Jordan Love. Whether or not the Packers decide that that is what they will do, we'll see. Today's episode brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. Forget about boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo. Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Book an SUV or a minivan or a pickup truck or an electric car. Whatever you need, you can find it at Turo. US, the UK, Canada, Australia, th- those are those, that's a lot of places if you need a car. So you could book a classic car, a luxury car. A lot of people for prom, let's say. I remember I had friends. You, you have, now they had, you know, a family member's classic car or whatever it was, but you can rent them with Turo. Wouldn't that be fun for a wedding? I went to a wedding over the summer where a guy drove a Ferrari into the into the reception. Not it, that was pretty cool. I mean, I'd like to do that. I'd like to just have one, but it would be it'd be cool if I could rent one too. I can get a host that can deliver me a car if I need it. That's what Turo can do. That is a cool thing. Find your drive at Turo. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today, my show. For the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Our network is unmatched. We have the best people. We have the most people. They, they rock and they are as hooked in as anyone out there on what they're teams are doing locked on sports today available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get podcasts i want to talk about the defense because i've watched the game again reviewed the tape as it were looked at the pro football focus grades seen what other people are saying about what they see here's what matt lafleur saw He saw a team miss opportunities. A scheme that he thought was fine. And I, you know, I sort of get where he's coming from on that because presumably he helped put that plan together. 
So in a lot of ways, it's sort of like, well, he has to be fine with the plan because it was partially his plan. And I, I agree. I, I, I don't know if I agree. I get what he's saying to a point. They counted 20 missed tackles. 20. And I can think of at least one Jalen Hurts play where I counted four just on the one play. The play that Darnell Savage got hurt on. Quay Walker was a spy. Design. It's third and 10. First drive of the game. You get them into third and 10. You force two incomplete passes. You get them into third and 10. You have a spy. Quay Walker is there to make the play. Can't do it. Adrian Amos fills to make the play. Can't do it. Darnell Savage chases to make the play. Slips. Hurts his foot. Can't do it. And you give up a 24-yard run. It just can't happen. Third and six, you get them into a third and medium after you have Justin Hollins chase down Jalen Hurts. It's third and six. This is second and four. You get to the third and six. Jalen Hurts runs for 28 yards on a play where they vacate the entire side of the field. You got them into the position you wanted them to be in. And you couldn't get off the field. A play later in the game where you get the Eagles in a third and long situation. It's third and 14. Jair Alexander is playing... He's like, I'm sure you saw the screenshots. And if you haven't, they're all over Packers Twitter. He's not even in the picture. They throw a little stop route for 13 yards. It's a, it's a six-yard play. And it goes for 13 because you're 15 yards off. That's not a Joe Barry problem. Jair Alexander chooses to line up that far deep. Now, is he doing that in protest? I mean, that was how that was how crazy it was that it felt like something that your star player would do because he's going, this is BS. I don't want to do this. This guy sucks. That's, that's how crazy it was that he was that far off. And then it turns into fourth and one. And I know, I know the Packers got to stop on fourth and one in this game, but the Eagles are money on, on fourth and short. They just are. They're the best short yardage team in the league. You can't give up 13 on third and 14 because you're playing that far off. You just can't. That's not a schematic problem. That is an execution problem. You, you, there, there was another play later in the end. By the way, that drive, when you get them into third and 14, ends in a touchdown. Another drive late in the game. It is 20 to 34. No, excuse me. It's 20 to 27. The Packers get it to third and 12. Jalen Hurts throws short of the sticks. And you get a catch and run for 14 yards on third and 12 because missed tackles and soft coverage. That is eh, partially a scheme problem, but it's also an execution problem. And then... You give up a touchdown instead of what could have been a field goal 
That, that could have been the game, the difference in the game. This team had opportunities to get off the field. They couldn't. They gave up a 10-yard run on third and four. And just to almost troll the Packers on that same drive, it's third and seven. The Eagles call a run because they know they can get five yards to get it to fourth and short, which they do. And they convert that fourth and short. The Packers were winning some of these early downs. They just couldn't get off the field on third down. They couldn't execute in those money situations. That's not all a Joe Barry problem. And, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing this every game now. We're in the game. I'm going, God, what is happening? What is Joe Barry doing? And I, you know, I, I don't feel like Joe Barry did nothing wrong. Like, I don't, I don't want to come out of it going that way. But it is always more on the side, like the, the ledger moves back toward the players. No, I don't think all the way. I still think Joe Barry is a major problem. I was talking to a league source about it uh, yesterday. And he was going, man, this is, there's a, there's a schematic issue here. That's the reason guys like Kenny Clark in the run game are getting eaten up. Linebackers aren't there. The the edge defenders aren't setting hard edges consistently. Uh, they they highlighted it last night. Preston Smith on a pass rush comes way too up the field. Does not contain Jalen Hurts. I mean, the, the Colts gave us the blueprint. They showed everyone what to do. We saw it. The Packers saw it. And yet the Packers are in there flying off the edge. Letting Jalen Hurts get outside and do whatever he wants. That's a player problem. So it is a combination of scheme and execution. And I understand at this point in the season when Adrian Amos looks cooked. Darno Savage has fallen all he is he is the wily coyote and the roadrunner has tricked him into going off the side of the Grand Canyon and now he's falling. I don't, I don't know what happened. He has not been great. Jair Alexander is is been inconsistent. He doesn't love the role that he's in clearly, but he hasn't he hasn't executed the role effectively enough. Russell Douglas looks like he's probably a safety not a corner. Devontae Wyatt has been a miss so far. He's shown flashes, but you needed an impact player there. He's not that right now. And Quay Walker, same thing. You drafted Quay Walker for a game like this. He's not ready for it. He's not ready for it. So there's a lot of things that this Packers team needs to get fixed. The scheme is one of them, but the players... I came out of the last 24 hours. I I agree with Matt LaFleur. The players needed to have done a much better job than they did within the scheme. So the scheme can be bad. You can make a bad call. But if guys execute the scheme, it, it, I wouldn't say it it tends to work, but a call is not inherently bad or good. Until we see the play, and, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. I don't know. We're getting in the weeds on this, but a defensive call is designed to have answers for all the things. Just like an offensive 
play design is designed to have answers. And you just don't always execute them. Some play calls are certainly better than others. There's no question about it. But if you execute, any any play call executed well is a good play call. Execution is essential. Now, some play calls make it easier to execute because of whether it's the way that you're attacking your opponent or because of the matchups that you created with the players that you have. But at a certain point, it's about the players doing the job. And right now, the Packers do not have enough guys who are doing their job. That includes the coaching staff. But I think we have in a rush to push Joe Barry out the door. And I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying with all the focus on Joe Barry, I don't think we focused enough on the shortcomings of the players on this team. It is both. It is both. It's Brian Gutekinds. It's Matt LaFleur. It's everybody. It's everybody. And there needs to be some big changes in the offseason all around. Or I don't know how we have faith that this team is going to get this figured out like ever. This episode brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL all pull Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversations about football to the next level. He sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. New episodes of Block Forever. Will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday night football. Available for free on the Audible on Aud- on Audible or wherever you get podcasts. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. My show, it's the biggest stories in sports. I talk to people around the Locked On Podcast Network. We give you all the things you need to know to be the most up-to-date sports fan you can be. All the big stories, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Zao you doing? Crossover Thursday for Packers Bears with our guy Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears and then a live show on Friday ahead of Packers Bears. On Sunday, we'll probably have more information on the status of Aaron Rodgers. I will say I am not convinced he will be healthy enough to play this week. I think we would have heard about it on Monday. I think I think we would have been, to, I think Matt LaFleur would have said, everything's fine. If everything was fine. If everyone agreed on what the plan was, we would have heard about it on Monday. And because we didn't, I don't think there is agreement on what that plan is. And I, I don't know what that means, but I, that's just... My feeling on this, we'll see. We'll see. That's all I'll say. We'll see. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, Friday live show, Sunday after the game, you can do that on the Locked on Packers YouTube channel. Stay Locked on Packers.